Hello nerds and ne'er-do-wells, I'm AJ, and welcome back to another episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy, fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Now then, this week we have something a little bit special for you. Now we reached out to the disgustingly talented folks at the Role Models podcast and asked them if they fancied a bit of a chinwag. And after a series of tense negotiations that involved envelopes stuffed full of cash and bits of paper with IOU scribbled all over them, they finally agreed to swing by the table for a parlay. Now, I know we also go on about how our content is pure, unadulterated filth most weeks, but this interview is actually borderline wholesome and almost uplifting. Not entirely sure how the hell that happened, but hey, enjoy it while it lasts. So, without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join the Role Models cast, our very own Chris Neal, and myself, for this week's episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Please enjoy. Here we go, we're live. And that means it's time to give a massive Adventurers Anonymous welcome to at least half the cast of the D&D podcast and or video stream, uh, Role Models. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. It's kind of exciting times for us. I don't think we've actually interviewed another podcast. Uh, yeah, so this is the first time we've actually ever tried uh, chatting away. Hey. So we'll see how things go. Do you, want to, do you want to introduce yourselves to the listeners? Sure. Shall I go first? I yeah. am Charlie. I am the DM of Raw Models. Uh, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm Will. Uh, he, him, and I play Moxie. Yeah, and I'm Mike, and I play Eugene Ballantyne in Raw Models. Nice. I must admit, yeah, I, I started listening to some of your stuff, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I got very busy, and I think part of the problem with our podcasting kind of community is there's so much content out there but then i started listening to your stuff whilst painting and like modeling and stuff like that and i was like doing some terrain for a tabletop game and had you guys playing in the background and got thoroughly hooked uh i love the way your campaign starts off it's got like a real kind of like uh something like indiana jones meets the yeah yeah but then it's got like this wonderful kind of like touch of pratchett to it as well Mm. like i was hook line and sinker like bought into that it was a really like really interesting way to start off a campaign and i really like you you do a lot of uh charlie i think it's fair to say you've done quite a lot of like lore and world building and stuff like that like, yeah a little bit uh no i mean i've i listened to your your guys interview with cal i think it was and you were you were mentioning about your improv backgrounds and yeah. that definitely shows on adventures anonymous but I, i'm 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 a writer sort of from the other direction so uh yeah I definitely obsess over that side it's a, it was a pastime before D&D and then they kind of two merged together um it's it's interesting because you kind of you want to tell everyone everything but it's like the fun is in not telling people everything it's mm. in telling them a little bit and then <laughs> trying to get them to care about it and then <laughs> tell them a bit more at another time yeah for sure I think one of the things that really caught me straight off the bat um with role models was your your opening monologue was like wow this is polished like it's definitely like it's the other way around for us i i literally like piss ass about in our opening monologues trying to find like word plays or double entendres or or things like that whereas you you were kind of you, i mean chris can testify to this as he is indeed a wordsmith he gets paid to write words for a living <laughs> i thought i thought your your opening kind of like um, monologue bit was, was really sharp yeah it was kind of like reading any number of the books that the listeners cannot see behind your head when you're <laughs> it was yeah definitely it definitely had me bought in at that point and I thought all oh, right this is this is serious I think I've got the measure of this I think I know where yeah. the party's going and then as it sort of went in the kind of humor started kind of trickling in and I was like oh okay okay I got wrong I got blindsided yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's got a nice kind of um, dynamic to it between the serious and storyline, but also kind of like um, the jeopardy that you add through the encounters. But also, I think the characters have a lovely humanity and, and like hilarity about them too. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. The characters are definitely the drivers of it, and and the people that play them. I knew it was going to go. It was always going to get silly. Uh, <laughs> always, you know. But that's a great thing, and I think you guys. 
a good example of, of that balance between tension and comedy you know because even when you guys are obviously you know you're smashing the comedy but then that makes the more tense moment suddenly feel a lot more tense you know because it's a complete contrast from what from what the rest of the show was about um, and I think, you know, you can't really force that. It just has, has to happen naturally, right? I think so. It's hard for me to gauge where the hell the tension is. Uh, <laughs> from a listener point of view, it would, it would be interesting. I, I've tried killing off the characters like quite a few times, but uh, <laughs> just before episode one, because we, we, we played pre-stream um, for about a year, and Tati famously got pushed into a cauldron of chicken soup. And it's probably the closest his character has ever come to dying. He survived sort of encounters with all manner of beasts, with arch nemesis, um, you know, lost Literally, his in the guillotine. like a, a war veteran taken out by not being able to get his way out of a cauldron of soup. Like, <laughs> like the most in- inglorious death ever. Well, I've always said to Charlie that I reckon if my character is to die, it'll probably be something I did. So whether it's uh, drinking a potion that smells slightly iffy mm. or ingesting something. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've sort of said to Charlie uh, jokingly quite a few times that, you know, it'll be me. I know he's going to fit something in there to uh, tempt me and I'll, I'll have something I shouldn't have had. And uh, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, yeah. there was a moment where we were you were in the library recently uh eugene and the archivist guild and they were this this in the in the desert environment the archivist guild has the library for the present guilds underground and all like irregulated environments and stuff and he was in the alchemy section and he'd found his way into this little puzzle that i'd set for him i'd written Ooh. it about a year ago yeah uh, and he managed to f- find his way into this desk uh and i won't you know long story short He'd had a couple of whiskeys, Mike had. I was slightly tipsy at the time. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was a relatively big moment for Eugene, I think. And he was getting, he was getting really pissed off at himself because he wasn't making what he thought were right decisions. And there was a moment in there where the thing he got out of this this secret little cavern in the desk that was like secreted away, there was a, jar, a vial of, uh, what was it? Uh, Strong acid. Yeah, it was like potent alchemical acid or something. I was like, it's there. Let's see what he does. But uh, He wants to drink it. He, he exactly <laughs> did not. <laughs> it is quite nice. Like, one of the things, I, I don't know what, what it sort of plays out. Like, we very much, um, I tend to keep things in kind of like the rule of cool, if if that's a thing. And, like, you know, I, 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 as long as people are having fun, I will probably not, I'll, I'll probably push boundaries of kind of like, you know, if, if something silly is going to happen, I'll err more towards narrative than, you know, forcibly making dice rolls to see what's going to happen. And that's quite an interesting. I noticed, like, the difference between our two podcasts definitely being, like, there's a lot more behind-the-screens dice rolling that goes on in your one, and that's definitely something that's kind of inspired me to be a bit more like, oh, yeah, you could leave a bit more of this up to fate rather than just, like, comedy musings and improv and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think that the sound of dice rolling behind the screen is a very useful tool as well. Oh, it terrifies it's me. Very <laughs> I think we I think we talked about this when we first started recording, like when we were, you know, just like trying to do like the background like audio setup stuff and we were talking about like the noise of, of dice rolling or whether, you know, because we we use like D and D beyond as well. Like whether we use that and whether we have the sound going, and I was like, you can't cut that out because the sound of dice rolling is like it's it's like a Pavlovian response. Yeah, right. especially if it's like if AJ is rolling something, we're all like, "Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What, are you, what are you doing back there? We do <laughs> for sure." It, it, it's just the little things. I've been really, really interested to kind of like look at the success that you guys have had and the style of play that you have, and kind of like compare it to our own because we've sort of like, although we were in similar universes of kind of like TTRPG, we've got the very defined differences between us. And and that's you know nothing that's a perfectly acceptable thing, and I think it's such a broad church, the TTRPG community, that there's trying to find a little niche. Your own little niche can be difficult sometimes, and I feel guilty quite often. Um, I, I just don't have the capacity to to follow everyone's kind of content, and even to the point where I love Critical Role, but I, I stopped watching it somewhere in Campaign Two because I just didn't have the hours in the day. Like, uh, I haven't picked up number three. Chris, yet. Chris, I know mainlines is probably bang up to date. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think I, I think I first started watching it maybe like just before COVID hit, and then at the time, me and AJ worked at the same 
um, at the same company and we were both put on furlough basically. And I was like, what am I going to do with my time? And then this was around the time that AJ was like, I think he recommended critical role to me. And I was just like, I felt such an addictive personality that you give me something that's got like practically unlimited hours of content. Like I will mainline it until I'm, until I'm just crying. Like it's, it's <laughs> my enduring memories of lockdown where, signing into the PlayStation and do you know like on your PlayStation your list of friends it tells you what your friends are doing like they're in the lobby of this game Chris was always in a meadow like picking some herb or something <laughs> in Red Dead Redemption 2 <laughs> like, what a joy just- that, was my, that was my other pandemic achievement that I won't stop talking about that I 100% had Red Dead 2 oh wow really yeah that's, that's pretty impressive yeah. yet yet fuck me <laughs> Can he do any of the side quests in our campaign? No. Like, <laughs> Priorities, right? Um, I, I, I try, I try and keep things moving along as smoothly as possible, but I'm not, I'm not gonna like grab the reins from other players and be like, no, 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 no more shenanigans, guys. We've got, we've got side quests to do. There's so many kind of like, un, un, like tied up little like issues in the background, and I just think, do you know what? I can force people down avenues. I really can. I could just make this so on rails and convoluted. It's ridiculous. I can just give them free reign, you know, to do whatever they want, and and you know they'll they'll gravitate towards the storylines they're interested in. Um, I don't know what's yeah. that what's that like uh, certainly for you, like and interestingly, kind of like Will, I'll bring you in it, like as a player, because I know what it's like as a DM from Charlie's point of view, but from a player, like what what do you, do you ever push your own agenda, or do you tend to defer <laughs> to the party? Or, um, to be, I suppose like to begin with, we were just in the desert, so we couldn't really, we were in, like, we were just getting to know each other's characters, so we couldn't, it was, you tried to, you had to give, you give a little bit away, but you, you don't try and like force and give away too much. Um, but like we've, as we've moved into different locations, like new things have come forward, which and don't want to do spoilers and stuff, but like, yeah, like my agenda has come forward a bit more and definitely, definitely recently. Yeah. Nice. It, it, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know what it's like for, for yourselves, but trying to like influence people while you're not playing and message them on WhatsApp or whatever. And they're like, Hey, we <laughs> you could do this if you wanted to. <laughs> you can sort of, but then there's something beautiful. Somebody said once, the thing they really enjoy about our podcast is is it's like organized chaos. Like mm. there's so much yeah. stuff going on and somehow we managed to like find a, a through line through the middle of it all. But I think I think somewhere in the middle is a nice kind of happy medium. Um, it's a long way away from being a movie script that's tied up in a neat bow after two hours. But uh, yeah, that's, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, there's definitely a, I, I definitely agree with that. It's It's something that I actually think as a DM, I have I have a fear of my my biggest fear as a DM is railroading my players, and or without without realizing that I'm railroading my players, you know. Um, and I've probably developed a little bit of an oversensitivity to it, so uh, it's kind of uh, reflected in my prep now, where I will just present what I call hooks, and if they take it, they take it; if they don't, they don't. And most we usually of the, do. most of the time, they do. <laughs> we jump yeah. on every fib. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really interesting because I think it was. Um, I was I was watching some of the uh, Dimension Twenty stuff and like some of the adventuring party sessions that Brennan Lee Mulligan runs, and I think he said something similar about how he preps in that, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying about world building as well. Like he will do as much prep as it takes to have stuff like in the back of his head that he can like lean on as a base if he needs it, mm. but. The and I'm butchering the quote, so it's it's definitely not going to be right. But the the point of it was like your players are the ones that give focus to like certain aspects of your world. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have to have everything prepped and everything ready to go all at once because that's just not how narrative works. But like it's the things that your players are interested in, they will follow like a certain through line, and then as they start to follow those certain threads, it's like it kind of cuts down on certain things that you have to like have ready i guess um i've only i've only dm'd for like one shots and stuff but like um yeah that's how it how it kind of comes across Mm, definitely i think you're right and it actually does get easier um you know when you start knowing the players a bit more Mm. Uh, sorry i'm just getting texted about cheesecake um (laughs) yeah i don't know it's just me messaging about cheesecake uh 
So yeah, I, I do I do agree with that, and uh, I think the the fear of railroading is probably overblown. And the more that you DM, the more confident you get. I think that it yeah. kind of falls back into the background a bit, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of it does come from self confidence and experience. Like I, again, I'm just getting bored of requoting myself saying I don't know what it's like for you guys. I can only speak from my <laughs> opinion. But I've got a Miro board uh, which looks like a serial killer's layer. And there's just like images and inspiration and like family trees and little red lines and like oh, yeah. little post-it notes of, you know, all the elves are here, the dwarves are here, you know, they're here. Some of them have got little skull and crossbones next to them, you know, when people have died and how they died. Um, pretty cool. Might have to get one of those. But it's a bloody useful tool. Not that we're sponsored by Miro. Other boards are available. But, um, yeah, that, that was really useful to me because <clears throat> I, I did our entire bloody campaign on a um, Apple Note on my hey, phone. Hey, that's, that's what I use. I yeah. use Apple Notes. Oh, sort of me. It corrupted. Like, <laughs> uh, luckily we went that to sucks. podcast back then. Uh, we were just a game. Um, but it corrupted. I lost the note. And I was like, shite. Like, I, I, oh, I think I remember, I think I remember like, before the session, you were asking me if I'd taken any notes yeah. from like, the last couple of weeks. And I was like, you know I've taken some notes. That That's for me where it kind of, I was like, oh, I'm not doing this for fun anymore. This is kind of like, this is very important to me. Uh, this is now a difference between a social event and a weekly calendar. And do you know what? I really need D&D to kind of get me through. I'm kind of mm. like, it's my little escapist world that I can, you know. Mm. And then we st- we turned it into a, into a podcast and I was like, crap, I really need to be on my game now. Because, you know, people <laughs> are listening and people really do mention when the bits don't add up or people go missing or that dwarf suddenly becomes Welsh when he was Scottish or something <laughs> like that. Like it, that. That's kind of where the onus to be a bit more professional definitely kicked in for me. Right. Let's find out a bit more about yourselves. Mike, how the hell did, yes. did, did all of you individuals meet? What, what kicks it all off? When did you, how did you start playing D&D? Um, so in terms of how we met, uh, so we're, uh, especially the three of us, we're all school friends. So uh, we've known each other since we were 11. So uh, almost 20 years now. Um, Sarah as well. Um, Sarah and Steve, I should say, went to the same school as well. So Sarah was in our year. Steve was in the year below. So we met him through a mutual friend about well, it's about six, seven years ago now. Um, in terms of D&D, I think it was probably around the time Stranger Things came out. Um, I wonder if uh, quite a few people probably started playing when they're uh, when season one came out. So I'd say, what, about maybe f- six, seven years ago we started playing? Yeah. Uh, so originally... Well, no, um, no, it was about like when me and Rufy started. That was about four years ago. When did okay. we play, um, yeah. that one before Lupus? That was at Mike's. Oh, um, I mean, yeah. That oh, was when about, none yeah, of us yeah, had yeah, any like, idea what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did one get Lupus? Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That was a old uh, campaign. So we didn't film oh, it. It wasn't right. a podcast. It was just a... That's, sorry, that was a very House MD kind of like... Yeah, that campaign, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. That campaign where we all yeah. got Lupus. Like, yeah, what? Was, <laughs> what was going on? That sounds amazing. So, so yeah, that was a campaign that uh, our very own Steve ran. So he was a DM for that. Uh, so that went on for about two years. We weren't playing uh, as often as we do now. So that was maybe once a month. Uh, so we'd all go down to uh, Steve's uh, parents' house, sit in a dark room, particularly on nice summer's days, close to, close to curtains, uh, drink a fair bit. And yeah, um, I think our group was called Canis Lupus. Uh, so that's uh, where the Canis yeah. skin comes from. I was going to say, yeah, not not the disease. Um, <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> right, there we go. <laughs> good, good time to segue. So where in all of that, did you think, hey, there's a podcast in this? And also, one thing I'll give you guys is you're slick as fuck. Like, you yeah. went straight to video, whereas we still feel very Mickey Mouse and kind of podcast. You guys just went straight for the jugular. And I've got other tangential questions, but I'm just... <laughs> did you think we're going straight to video? I think um, I'll let Charlie take most of this, but I think actually, as horrible as lockdown was, I think that was one of the things that came about during lockdown. So we were going to start just before COVID. Uh, and that was going to be podcast only. But uh, during lockdown, we just decided to go give it a go uh, filming ourselves. But yeah, I'll let uh, Charlie sort of go on from that, really. Yeah, we we came up with the idea after Canis Lupus, right? I think we were at the pub and we were like, we should make a podcast. And then uh, over the pandemic, obviously, that was plenty of prep time for me. But uh, it also gave us time to sort of to figure out if it was possible to do it over video. We knew we wanted to do it in person because that's how we'd always played. And we kind of wanted that to be one of the things that we did, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, we just, 
I've I've got a bit of experience shooting because me and my a friend, a close friend of mine, used to we used to do home video, you know, zombie movies. We did oh, like man, that zombie video and, is infamous. But they looked, you know, they were decent. And he's in he's in film now, right? Um, but it was it was kind of me taking it on like with the little bit of knowledge I had from making zombie videos. Mm. Uh, to yeah, we just we just figured out we knew that streaming wasn't going to be possible because the bomb that we film in doesn't have very good internet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> we just skipped past the fact you film in a barn. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great studio. <laughs> they, 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 they're a yeah, they're a record. They're like a rehearsal studio for bands. Um, I've got so many and- questions. Right? Are there animals <laughs> nearby? Is it someone's parents' like barn? No. <laughs> no. You're, no, talking, about, you're talking about hooks, Charlie, and this is this is what you've got for AJ now. It's, it's, about... owned, it's owned by a band, actually, a band called Tesseract. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're kind of like a uh, obscure metal band. Chris is more. I'm, I'm a product of the rave generation. I, I, they, they sound vaguely familiar, and not just like in a Marvel sense. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah right. It might be. It might be from. Um, so Lewis, who plays Aristobulus, is in a band called Airdrawn Dagger. Um, and they're, you know, from going to their gigs and stuff like, I've kind of understand a little bit more about that scene. Like I get introduced to more, more bands that are a bit more going towards metal than I would usually like discover myself. So it might be from that, but, um, yeah. Oh, nice. But yeah, they, they own it. It is a rehearsal studio and they're linked with a proper recording studio. So, oh, um, see, because I was very confused in all of that. I was like, you've managed to find a retired, like rocker who's gone into arable farming and somehow in his barn, he's got all of the kind of recording equipment. How is, how is he not the story? How is he not the story? <laughs> Sod it, you guys. He should be making yeah. this podcast. Like, yeah, we should have been doing behind the scenes from the get-go, you know. You certainly uh, should have, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got all sorts, like, I want to see lambing season. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you and animal husbandry? It's so bad with you. The miracle of that season. Call it animal husbandry anymore. I think it's just like it's more inclusive. Everyone's allowed to get in on the animals. I don't think we should just be calling it animal husbandry anymore. Oh no! I'm sure there's a YouTube channel for that, right? No, must be. Only twenty two minutes to come off the rails. So anyway, dialing it back a little bit. Come on, Chris, stop taking us off track. Right. So. You're in a barn. This yes. barn, is all the equipment already there? Because I went the first time I watched it, I was like, "Shit, this is <laughs> sharp!" Like I was in my mind because me and Chris have done the math of how much it would cost us to record in person, and you know I've looked at the pennies, and I was like, "How much have you guys thrown in on this?" Like uh, we're on a we're on a, we're on a zero budget, so oh nice. We've got. Uh, I mean, we all put in a little bit for the microphones. And uh, I think it was about, it ended up being around 150 quid each or something like that. Um, and that's kind of all in, really. That we, we record on our on iPhones. Uh, so we have to, Do yeah, you? we, yeah, we, yeah. Have, we, re- yeah. we record on iPhones and we have to clear them out storage wise. But because you're, you're doing it in the university challenge style, right, with the tiles, yeah. you're, you're compressing the resolution. So actually, yeah. it, it doesn't look too bad. But, um, yeah, the mics are a bit of a bane of my existence. Because <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's a pain to set up, and my Mac doesn't like... We've got five mics, but we only use three because it can't. my, my Mac doesn't record five channels anymore. Oh, really? So we all have our struggles. Oh. We do. You know, do you know what? I feel a little bit like I've seen behind the curtain now, and, and you know, like... They they say if you like something you should never find out how it's made like the sausage. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like now I know it's all it was all Hollywood and now we're no I know right <laughs> we just break out the iPhones yeah two cups yeah. string but no it's, it's, it I tell you what I tell you what shines through whatever your budget like I think it's the enthusiasm the camaraderie the the tightly written storyline you know all of that really is what people come for and and everything else is kind of peripheral and. Um, I'm sometimes, quite frankly, gobsmacked that anyone listens to us. And there are times where I've thought, because it takes so much, you know yourselves, and probably more so with video, it just takes so much bloody time to do anything. And then people expect stuff on a weekly basis, these days anyway, because content's so disposable. And and you're just like, oh my God, how much longer can I keep doing this and do my day job uh, and just carry on kind of editing stuff? Um, But... 
I think the fans um, make it make it all worth it. We literally put a thing out yesterday. I contacted some of our fans and I went, I want to find out who the most geographically distant fan of ours is who listens to us regularly. Um, and I had someone from Cleveland, Ohio. Nice. Which was amazing. Wow. Uh, in fact, I'll give him a shout out. And J.D. Dreyfus in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And then Austin, Texas came along and blew them out of the water. It was a guy called Catman Jones. I don't know if you've seen a picture. Um, we had our first fan art. Somebody sent in a picture of Maud with a dick nose. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. I had to blow it out so that we didn't get it taken off Instagram. And I was yeah. like, your first ever piece of fan art. I was like, how cool is that? No, that's awesome. Shout it. I wasn't too happy about that. Start, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then some bloke uh, called Philippe. Hello, Philippe turned up in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, and was like, this is amazing. So I'm like, okay, you you win, Philippe. Philippe is the winner. Yeah, Philippe wins. And then someone contacted us yesterday and was like, I'd like to make a cocktail in more of Nightmare's name. And I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, she likes a French martini. So I send us a picture. So I'm out shopping today. And I get this thing on my phone, and he sent us a picture. He's made a French martini in Maud's name. And I'm like, oh, that's lovely. Thank you very much. Where are you? And he's like, Brisbane, Australia. And I'm like, oh wow, this yeah. is mental! Like, you know, you've made it when someone makes a uh, cocktail in your honor, right? Yeah, the drunken cocktail fueled nonsense, and it's—I think it's kind of like, what's what's the journey been like for yourself? Are there bits where, because because you've all got day jobs, right? I presume none of us are doing this to make a fortune. We're doing this because we love this. I think it's fair to say for all of us, and it gets very tiring. Like. What's been like a moment for yourselves where you've had to push through? Because you guys have got set up in a barn. I'm assuming you don't <laughs> live near the barn. Do you live in the farmhouse? I don't know. Like You've got to drive well, to the barn. We all bunk out at a <laughs> separate <laughs> barn next door. <laughs> yeah. two barns. <laughs> two barns. Because you've got quite a lot of content out at the moment. Have you had to push through some sort of barriers to sort of like keep moving along? And Yeah, I mean... The hardest part is trying to get in, you know, we play once every two weeks and we record for about four hours. So that's, you know, set up and set down either side of that. So it is a, it is a bit of an ask. Um, And it's kind of, that's kind of amazing to me anyway, that, you know, we've all got these friends and we're we're capable of doing this together and everyone's enjoying it. You know, trying to get people together for that amount of time once every two weeks normally, it can be a bit of an impossible task, but um, I would say that's probably the hardest. And then it's just the consistency as well. Im- Imi Ims, uh, who plays Amaya, she does all of our editing now. So she's, oh, really? she's editing. Yeah. Oh, so does she a does, great job. Yeah. She does pretty job, much yeah. all of it. Yeah. Um, but that, that has been tough. And I do all my preps before work, early mornings. And if I get a day off or weekends, you know, that kind of stuff, just squeeze it in where you can. Right. Yeah. There's, there's been a few times where we've, uh, Wanted to go out to the pub and uh, Chai's being like, nope, got it, got it right. <laughs> so, yeah, bless him. There has been a few sacrifices for sure. So, uh, yeah, we do all appreciate it. No, it's good mm. fun though, right? Well, it certainly comes across in, in what you're doing. Like, you you yeah. seem like a bunch of people who are having the time of your lives. And um, you can tell the effort that you put into it and the sacrifices you've made. I just wanted to make sure. I, sometimes I think, you know, people who listen take for granted how much effort, you know, because content's so disposable these days um i feel really fortunate in that i'm a complete improviser like i I feel more comfortable not knowing than i think if i had a script i'd be shite in an audition (laughs) if someone gave me like six lines of of hamlet or something and i like you know make this scene i'd be crap whereas like riffing off other people i'm generally okay with so i think i feel very blessed living in that space of improvisation i think I think if I had to get up really early in the morning and find time to kind of like script stuff, I think that would add a whole other dimension to it. I mean, me. yeah, to be fair, I don't, I don't script stuff. What I, it's uh, I mean, you know, what, what I tend to do prep wise is I, I, I basically pretend I'm the big bad guys. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, Pret- pretend. <laughs> I'll, I sort of, uh, I build out what it is they're doing, what are they plotting and how does that, you know, how does that like, trickle down an impact wherever wherever the characters are you know um and then every now and again it will t- it will like come in the form of a, a trigger for someone like Ooh. last session we just we haven't released yet but you know moxie had one that was fully directed at her so yeah 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 that was a very scary moment <laughs> oh, you did great at that though but i think uh the improv um sort of comments an interesting one because certainly from me I know how to make my friends laugh. I've grown up with them for 20 years. So I know how to get sort of cheap laughs for my friends. It's 
having the confidence to think, oh, you know, people might enjoy this because again, we, you know, we've grown up with each other. We, we know our styles of humor. So it's certainly that sort of at the start I had, you know, is what I'm saying. I say just trying to be funny, but just like is what I'm saying actually would people want to listen? But I think it's just trying to sort of put that to one side and just going, well, as long as I'm enjoying it, as long as my friends are enjoying it, that's all that, uh, that matters. And hopefully that sort of comes through. Because uh, certainly with you guys, it definitely comes through. It's just like, you know, you're you're being yourselves and that shines through and that's why it's so good. So um, that's something definitely that I've sort yeah, of thank you very much. had to sort of get past almost. But uh, yeah. I think I, yeah, I think just coming off of that as well, like when I, um, so the only like DMing that I've ever done is for like the few one shots that we've recorded for the podcast and a couple of others that we've done like um, here and there. But I think I when I come up with the like stories for those or like the hook, the hooks for those, I always get by. It's not just like considering what like I know about say other Chris who plays Hunash in a regular campaign and like Matt who plays Belsia. It's like, I literally get by on knowing how they, how they want to play, how they usually play and the things that they find funny. Um, So yeah, like every now and again, we, when I see like when I see Raggy and Matt, like I still go into the voice from Detective Babs LaRue from <laughs> the uh, the face of evil one shot, and they're just like in in pieces. I absolutely love doing that voice. Great voice. I, I kind of if we ever do another campaign, I want Chris to to explore that character. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do another do another one shot. I'll check um, it out. Yeah. Right, I want to find out a bit more about yourself. So I had this epiphany. I do some of my best work by. It's never when I'm intending to be thinking about something. Uh, it'll literally, like, if I'm, like, having a shower or something like oh, that. Oh, shower's a powerful yeah, place. Yeah. And I have to say, I was doing, like, a bunch of listening to some of your stuff and having to think about, kind of, um, our two podcasts and content and how they differ. And then I was like, isn't there a film called Role Models, right? Which is a really great Paul Rudd film. <laughs> Haven't seen it? Like, there's a whole bit in yeah. the middle of Role Models about LARPing and kind of yeah. like, D&D. And I was like, was that, like, a happy coincidence for yourselves? Or, like, where, where's, what's with the name? Like, are you trying to be upstanding citizens? <laughs> or, or are you, like, the paragon of kind of, like, morality? What's, what's It was supposed to be the opposite, wasn't it? Yeah. So we went, we went with Role Models with the L, and to be honest, I think we forgot about the movie and the LARPing. And then we were like, well, we've already, you know, we, we kind of committed now. But the yeah. idea initially was because we were kind of degenerates in the last campaign that it was ah. going to be that. It was gonna be that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so Paramount's lawyers haven't been in contact then? Like, no, not yet. Oh, no, yeah. Okay, good. They don't listen to this. No. You weren't just you weren't <laughs> just doing like free marketing for Paul Rudd because God knows he was there. <laughs> the man is disgustingly attractive. Um, he never ages. He never ages. <laughs> uh, right. So I mean, that, that that's an interesting. Like, so, so from my point of view, listening to yourselves, I was sure. Like when when you kicked off your campaign, I was listening to it. I was like, right, these guys are really serious. Like, I think I've got the measure of them. And then a little <laughs> like, there's a bit really early on in the first episode. I think I know what you're going to say. But carry on. Pretty like like, I kind of see you've got a very serious intro, and I was like, mm, yeah, no, I'm with this. You know, sounds a bit like a sort of intro to a Robert Jordan novel or like uh, Brandon Sanderson or something like that. And I was like, yeah, 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 okay, I've got this and I'm in the zone. And then you, you're sort of like set them up in the desert on a sort of scavenger hunt. And then there's a bit where there's a severed arm. And uh, yeah. sort of come, well, well, it's the first episode. You've got many episodes already. Oh, yeah. The severed arm comes alive. I'm sure no one's screaming spoilers at me. And there's a trail from the severed arm. And someone giggles in the background and says, what is it, a snail trail? Yeah. And, and and sort of like at that moment, like there was this sort of like there was a sort of giggly kind of like then some of the sort of like side humor and sort of like innuendos and stuff started kind of like being sprinkled in, and I was like, okay, right, this isn't as deadly serious as I thought it is, and I'm going to like, yeah, like I was a bit like, okay, okay, yeah, like, and then you start giving yourselves permission to laugh a bit more in that episode. Mm. It was being on camera for the first time like and and then you know the jokes started coming in left right and center all over the place um and there's there's a bit where an npc dies like pretty early on like in the first episode and like i was painting <laughs> and, like, i remember where it was i was painting a model i i, I uh, i'm a big fan of games workshop and warhammer and stuff like that yeah we and, are um, well. i was painting away 
And I just started like uncontrollably laughing when this NPC gets wiped out. Same shit, different hole by any chance. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. I had to rewind it and listen to it again. I had to put my model down and put my brush down. And I was like, I've got to listen to that bit again. Like it was, that was really magical for me. Kind of like, it's nice to see people throwing a bit of the unexpected in. I feel mm. like sometimes d and a bit kind of like a, too safe and whatever and, and, just, just just to throw some beautiful moments of surprise or kind of, you know, throw the unexpected in and, and um, blindside the kind of, like, characters, I think was just so much fun to listen to. Yeah, and speaking for the players, I think that got us as well. Like, we weren't expecting that. We knew it wasn't going to be the most serious of podcasts, but I think that really did set the tone with the humour early on. I think we actually needed that. Like, as you say, it is quite scary having cameras on you, having microphones you had a bit of practice beforehand, but you know when when you start, uh, I'm sure sure it's the same for you guys. You know, it is there is a bit of tension, there is a bit of nerves, but it definitely after that moment, at least for me, really did settle down um, and definitely sort of hit the tone. I think we're after. Mm. I I think when you when you talk about finding your tone and, and finding your level and stuff, I'm never sure with us because we we we've, we've cut so close to the bone so many times that I'm not even sure where the line is sometimes. <laughs> um, oh, we know you. We know you don't know where the line is. That's yeah, why, that's really why we play with you. Well, is it funny? But then I realised I sort of got a responsibility after a while because when we started looking at the numbers, and we're like, actually, some serious amount of people are listening to this. And then I was like, ah, oh, God, there's some stuff that I can't talk about. Or you know, there's um, there's certain taboo subjects or things that you would laugh about or whatever, and you think, right, I'm going to be a responsible, I'd be a role model, literally. Like you know, there's people listening to this. So we, we, I was like, bollocks, I need to put a disclaimer at the front of this. So I had to put like a disclaimer that it was, you know, partially improvised and entirely inappropriate. And I was like, it feels like I don't want someone to wander into the middle of this. Like, because we, we're not, and nothing we advocate is sensible. Like, uh, it's all just make-believe nonsense. I wouldn't want somebody thinking that that was kind of like a genuine take on, you know, what we thought or how we felt or whatever, like just in, embodying characters and trying to be faithful to what that character thinks. Um, but I must admit, yeah, there's definitely times where I'm editing away and I'll get an, I'll just be laughing as we edit away or something and I have to pause it and I'll go and get Shan, my partner, and who plays Maud. And uh, I'm like, can we, can we say this? In a public arena, like uh, I work for the government, and I'm, I'm like, am I going to get fired? Like, <laughs> to this, like I've got no interest in ever, you know, taking up a career in politics. But I was like, I was like, yeah, can we? Where's the line on this? You know, like, are we going too far? Or they say saying that if there was a uh, an election and a politician was on a D and D podcast or any uh, TTRPG podcast. And sort of saying certain things that would make them really interesting, wouldn't it? That that yeah. would be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I try not to be over. Right, I, things I try not to do is be offensive to any kind of like any individual pocket of people or whatever. I mean, the most offensive thing is probably my Welsh accent, uh, which just refuses to stay in character. But like, I, I think I think just being natural and having a sense of humour and seeing where things go. But there's definitely been bits where I've thought we've either infringed on copyright here, and I'm going to have to take it out. Or um, famously, like I mixed up the Philippines and Thailand, and uh, <laughs> like, oh, that didn't play out too well. So, like, I'm very sorry to both countries if you are listening. We're probably like blocked in the Philippines, and but uh, so I had to edit out a whole block of the podcast because I was like, I was like, these jokes aren't even funny because my my own ignorance. I've totally like mixed up um, two countries. But what's what's kind of like for yourselves? Kind of like how what what what's the jump in terms of video editing is harder than audio editing because you can hide a multitude of sins in audio that you can't in video. No, I was going to say touching on what you said about where's the line. I think it comes across when you don't have like a set boundary in your mind and you're able to kind of do what you do, which is just go with it and see where it goes. And then if you, if you, sometimes you're editing and you're like, shit, this is, this is too far. You know, that may happen, but I think it's almost a must because you're, you guys are a really good example of uh, just enjoying yourself and seeing where that flow goes and the improv experience that you guys have definitely shines through there. Um, And that's something that I definitely have strived to do more since started listening to you guys, because even though I have got uh, a structure to events in terms of what the bad guys are doing, I'm very, like I said, scared of railroading players. So in my mind, they do whatever they want. 
And that if that takes them down these little, these avenues where you have these bubbles and moments that are just crazy and stupid, uh, then that's great. And we, we have them every episode almost now, I think. And, you know, yeah, their start was a little bit over epic, maybe shut, maybe, maybe coming from, uh, a kind of place of me wanting to hype everyone up before. But, uh, yeah, I think that you, you guys, yeah, fi- find the line as you, as you kind of draw it really, you know? Mm. I love that. I love that method as well that you were talking about as well, Charlie, of having like the, the like leading your prep with like oh what's the what's the big bad doing right now because then you can then you can still have those moments and you know more than just moments of shenanigans but you can also be thinking like yeah cool like that's really great i can give them the space to do this because i know that this is going off in this space and that this guy's got these plans and stuff without railroading them in the moment and losing those really nice moments. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you never go to those places, Chris. You know, in my mind, now, every time like, I walk about doing my day job, I've got six or seven really bad guys. They're all just waiting. Like, one's in the cathedral, <laughs> one's in the dungeon, and they're just got their arms crossed. They're waiting for you, Chris. You never finish Quest. To the tavern. <laughs> I don't know where they yeah. all are. Like, one of them quit and got another job. Like, you know, <laughs> can't just be bad guys in Nemesis forever waiting around for you to, to find them. Like, you need to track them down. But I think, I think part of it, certainly for me anyway, is I like knowing where it's going, but sometimes I think some of the delight for me is in improvising the character. So um, Chris's nemesis, when he finally got to meet him, turned out to have a really high-pitched German accent. And I never intended that, uh, <laughs> like, at all. Neither did I, by the way, when I came up with this nemesis character. Like, it was never a, it was never a German accent in my head. Completely for me. I don't know. I don't have too many cocktails or whatever, but this whole receptive <laughs> art came all the way to the top, and they meet each other on a battlefield. And this tiny little gnome is like, ah, tiny jangles. We meet again. <laughs> and, kind of, and I was like, shit, what have I done? I was dead. Like, I think I might have just ruined, <laughs> like... At that, at that moment, I knew that I knew that Skull had to die <laughs> for us to do anything else with with this with this podcast. It was just yeah, this guy's this guy's done. Uh, no, I, I take I take your point. It's so nice to see another podcast that's going down the same kind of avenue as us, and and how it's the differences between it. I find absolutely fascinating. And the interesting thing is, I'm sure the listeners have probably never think about it. You know, they're just doing whatever they're doing. You know, I like, you know, cooking their dinner or something, laughing away or kind of like out in the garden mowing the lawn, listening to you guys on your shenanigans and adventures. And they never think about all the kind of like prep work and decisions that kind of get made um, to to sort of like bring it all to life. But Mm. I don't think it's interesting. Right. What is, what's the next level for you guys? So you've come so far. In fact, you've probably overtaken us on episode one. But what's kind of like, what, what hopes and dreams have you got for role models in the future? Um, well, I mean, to be honest, I don't, I think at the moment we just want to keep, keep playing, right? It's in that real sort of golden spot for me where hopefully everyone's really enjoy, everyone's really enjoying it and they just want to keep coming back and exploring the, the characters that they've created and they're developing. And, um, you know, that for me is the kind of the main thing. And, and whenever anyone messages me with, with stuff and they're unsure about, oh, should, should I do this? Should I do that? I'm like, as long as, you know, just do whatever you want is that you're going to enjoy most. Like, what is it you're going to have fun doing in that session? Um, because it can be quite intimidating when you've got a camera on you. But I don't know what is next. We're going to do a little recap video. I'm going to, I'm going to organize a recap video of like arc one whenever that comes to an end uh, and do something like that. But other than that, is it going to be like a total party kill at the end? Are you, are you planning on erasing all evidence of the apparent characters, or are they going to retire? Or do you know yet? I, I think I'm just as terrified as the guys uh, killing their players, uh, killing their characters. Now. Yeah. Killing the yeah. players, not so much. But uh... <laughs> thanks, mate. The characters will live on in his <laughs> podcast. The players, ooh. yeah. But we're yeah, also to write epic poems and all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you spend like two years like in lockdown, like to try and like like practicing practicing your character in the shower or like in the or in the car, and like you're you're terrified, like you don't want them to die in session one, so it's just wanting to like keep them going basically and like tell their story. It's true. You got. I don't know. There's, I, maybe we haven't got the sense of jeopardy. I've certainly tried to murder some of our characters, but it just. <laughs> but uh, that, that is good. I think to have that sense of jeopardy uh, and also the level of role playing where you're practicing sort of accents. I, 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 
I always say, like with TTRPG, what what you put in is what you get out, and you know the more risks you take with role playing and character acting, I think just pays pays absolute dividends all the way. Right. So for our listeners who may not have actually listened to much of role models or at all, uh, Mike, what's what's the secret sauce to role models? Why should people instantly stop listening to our podcast? <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know if I would go that far, but maybe after they've listened to yours, um, yeah, I think. We uh, certainly try to um, focus on role play elements, so uh, there is an awful lot of that. Um, I think uh, you know that that certainly helps. Where you know we're, we're we're sat next to one another, where you know that's we're really fortunate that we can do that and sort of feed off sort of uh, body language or body signals, Eugene would call it. Um, um, and then yeah, I, I like to think that you know we are hopefully fairly enjoyable to listen to you know we we don't take each other or ourselves too seriously no. um and then certainly you know to uh i don't want to big up charlie that uh, really, really don't want to but no he, he, the story he's creating has been brilliant so far and you know we're all really enjoying it and um yeah just just to see where it goes really because uh yeah um if people have been listening we've been in the same city uh for a while now so you know, I couldn't say where we're going to end up next. Uh, I don't know if Charlie knows where we're going to end up next either. Uh, so we'll see where the road takes us. Um, so yeah, but definitely, I, I think I, I would say our focus on sort of you know role role playing elements for sure. I think we do sort of try to highlight that, and we're all actually. I, I think we're getting you know starting to really sort of hit our stride and sort of you know do quite well at that Ooh, nice 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 yeah I, I, it's a it's a big recommend i mean we wouldn't have you guys on here if we if we you know weren't blown away by you know the quality that that you put out and uh you know just it's real um sort of testament to the community that we're part of one of the things that really blew my mind was how inclusive the kind of ttrpg and wider than just dungeons and dragons because i know there's other game systems mm-hmm. i'm usually yeah. familiar with like pathfinder etc but um what's your experience been like of the wider community uh both from a support level from other campaigns and content creators but also from a fan level in the community what's your experience been of that so far I mean, we, we're still early days, I think, really. But whenever you get, uh, you know, likes or retweets or comments on anything on, on Instagram posts, it's always been really positive. It's always been, uh, it's always been joy is probably the best way I'd put it is that you're able to see it and there's nothing bad about these people's reactions. It's almost like they understand, uh, you know, the headspace you're in when you're creating content like this and that, it's a really unique thing about TTRPG, I think, is that it takes that kind of person to, not, not, not a certain person to play the games, but when you have and when you're interested and when you're passionate about it, you kind of all fall into that same bubble and it's, it's a good one. Mm, that's good. I mean, to, to be fair, people have criticised us. I mean, I, I come from a comedy background. I'm used to people being rude to me. Uh, I've been insulted so many times. But I, I do genuinely remember putting one of our clips of our podcast on Reddit and somebody replied and was like, this is absolute drivel. It's low hanging fruit of the worst kind. <laughs> I think that was, I think that was, I think that was an issue that they took with the name, which as a, as a person who gets paid to write, I was very much like your issue is, is with me, sir. And not with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's always, one space we haven't ventured in yet is Reddit. And I'm Reddit is a, looking yeah. forward to it in some respects because it's just going to be a roast. The yeah. full on roast. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just said thank you very much. Can I can I air quote you on that? Can I put it on our website? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? I, what a review. I think isn't it brilliant? You've created something. The worst thing for me is nothing. Yeah, no response. I've spent a lot of my time, and it doesn't. And this never feels like a job to me. And I don't know what's happening, but it never feels like a job for me. This is purely something I do for the love of it. And it doesn't seem, I mean, it is hard work, but it doesn't always feel like hard work because I'm really enjoying myself. And when you get no response, you'll be like, really? Where someone vitriolically hates it, I think, yes, I've, I've reached out to someone halfway around the world. I hate yeah. creating. Really, really touched them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I've actually made someone so furious. They've called me absolute drivel. Like, fantastic. Like, the worst thing they could do is just silently walk off. Like, yeah. and, and, and that for me, I think is a sign, you know, your people have noticed you when, when, you know, you're actively being told you're crap. So I think take, take every, you know, I've said, you know, we, we barely get any reviews. Like 
Nobody will. Goddamn! I ask every week, and no one ever sodding reviews our reviews our show. The, the numbers are healthy, but trying to get people to tell you what they think is like trying to get blood out of a stone. You have to invite yeah. them on as a podcast guest to 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 get a temperature read on how things are going. But it, um, no, I think you're right. It's, it is a testament to your success so far because it, you know it's something that I think we're all kind of silently bracing for if we if we do reach more people is there will be criticism and they won't necessarily be silent criticism. Uh, but, you know, you've got to brush it off uh, because at the end of the day, like you say, doing it because you love it, it's not your day job. Um, and, you, yeah. yeah. That was one thing we always said, like, if when we're doing this for ourselves and if we don't enjoy it, then we're just just, just leave. Yeah, we're straying yeah. too far yeah. from the point, right? If you're not yeah. enjoying it. When the fun stops, you should stop. You know, yeah. that's our motto. What an ad. It's true, isn't it? And, and um, when you say your early your early days, like what, what, what are we talking about here? How long have you guys been putting out videos? About six months, is it? Okay. We started in December. So you're still... Yeah. You're okay, so you're still like re- pretty relatively early days because it all just happened organically for us. We recorded the first episode by accident. We didn't even mean to. That's why nice. the audio quality is so You heard it here first, guys. Adventurers <laughs> Anonymous: Accidental Conception. Oh, yeah. I was just in bed, and Chris sent me like a WhatsApp message with a Zoom link to say, "Oh, we recorded this," and the audio quality is absolute garbage. And I sometimes worry, like, our first episode loses people because the audio quality isn't great. But it's all part of the narrative arc, so we've just sort of left it left it in there. But I think, from our point of view, to go back to the criticism, I think if anyone ever went, that's not the rule for Ice Knife or something like that, I'd be like, who cares? We're having fun. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're not... We're not Olympic athletes. There's no mm. law or rule. That Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, it's, it's all about having fun, I think. And, and as long as that kind of energy persists and we enjoy doing it, we'll, we'll keep doing it. And, you know, I still feel like, you know, what have we been doing it for now? A year and change, a year and... Uh, year, and year and a bit, yeah. And it's, there, there are definitely times where I'm like, God, I have had enough of this, like... I'm gonna I'm gonna pack it in and just enjoy my life, uh, and you know, have some free time and spend time with my kids. You know, I haven't even spoken to my kids in a year and a half. No joke. But I think you know, j- j- it is just so much fun, and the, the the level of community and camaraderie I think has just been beyond anything that I could ever ever have expected. And people have been so understanding and so forgiving of our little space that we've carved out and. Um, one thing I'd love to see, I know I'm just weaving around all over the topics because that's the way my brain works. I'd love for you guys to put out some merchandise. Other than, the, what, what was with the Sippy Sippy t-shirts that you were <laughs> Right, uh, so we were playing uh, Quiplash uh, during lockdown. And uh, in the new Cryptlash, you can write your own prompts. So I don't know if you're aware of this game. So it's oh in, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you can write your own prompts. And one of mine was just like, "What is so peak Charlie?" Hashtag peak Charlie. Just playing into the hipster thing. And my girlfriend wrote uh, "sippy sip, <laughs> tappy tap, pew pew." Uh, from from him sort of from his streaming days. And uh, Charlie does enjoy a, a coffee. Uh, he he is has the world record for the longest amount of time it takes to make a coffee. Uh, so wow. he, he, he takes his time. He really does. He he loves it. So it was just a silly little. We so have to make t-shirts, and um, there were a few different choices. There was one with a um, like a origami like wolf head he made for a, a fancy dress once. Uh, so it was that uh, with him uh, uh, sticking oh. his uh, middle finger up at us, uh, which was quite a nice t-shirt. But no, we went with the we went with the uh, the quiplash one instead. Oh, we, yeah. did, we didn't tell him about it, so we all just sort of rocked up in uh, see little t-shirts and then just uh, didn't really explain the in-joke. <laughs> we, we do that a lot, actually. I think that's certainly with me. There will be a lot of in-jokes that I just don't explain. No, no. <laughs> we'll just leave out there. For something like 10 years ago. Yeah, I don't think you need to explain all the in-jokes. I think that's part of, like, we don't... If you um, turn up into a new social group, it's a bit like, I don't know, when you go to university, I don't know what it's like for kids going to university these days, it's very different, about 20 years ago when I went. 
But um, you've got no idea. It's a group of people. You just have to be part of them. And you're like, I think I understand what you're talking about. And you warm up to it. And I think people like that. I think people would far rather not really understand all the in-jokes, but feel that there's a connection and a camaraderie. And, and I keep using that word but a kind of like community within the podcast. And, and then they become their in-jokes. Um, I want to see, and I'm going to force you guys to open a bloody note. <laughs> I want to see a Captain Daddy t-shirt. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the earliest bits that really made me giggle. I was like, you know, might get a little bit sort of weirdly BDSM or something like that. But it kind of like, yeah. it. Um, I was like, yeah, you, you guys are screaming out for like, some merch and and we we just did the bottom rung we did like red bubble so that someone else makes it and ships it we just get paid like a small commission on it and stuff but um, yeah maybe we'll do something like that yeah i swear to god no one was ever going to buy a bloody t-shirt you bought one of us <laughs> i bought one i yeah. liked it and that was before i saw the emoji one i like the emoji one yeah, yeah no right uh I, again that happened by accident just like guerrilla marketing i always put the same three emojis at the end of all our messages and i was like hang on it's kind of like our call sign isn't it yeah. <laughs> and, then, arms. and then yeah I, th- I think just trying is is the most important thing you know just be like bugger it like i built a shop and whatever it was less than a week later we got our first sale and i haven't really looked yeah. back like um i think just having an attempt I, I, I never feel like we're good enough like you know i never feel like we're ready to do things and sometimes i think you just got to sort of jump in and and have a go and like and just have a, have a whirl at it. And I already feel like you guys are ahead of us. You know, just by having the video component, it automatically makes you all far more relatable than than we are. We're just like little voices that are floating. <laughs> like you know, people have to imagine what we look like. Half of our cast like probably wouldn't have a photograph taken of them, even if you asked them. Like um, True. that includes me. Yeah, you're very. You're just easy. You can Photoshop all the bits on afterwards. Like. <laughs> not sure about that one <laughs> uh, I let that one sit for a while <laughs> I'm in trouble. Uh, yeah no I, I definitely think you guys like you know to say you've only been going for six months it kind of feels like um, you've been around longer than that or you've got like a level of maturity in terms of the, the listeners can't see my air quotes there yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it feels like you you've really got like something substantial and like a platform with which to to, to grow off. And, and you know, we're certainly, I'm sure Chris would say the same, excited to see you know what the future holds for all of you. And kind of sad we didn't get to meet the rest of the cast, but hopefully at some point, yeah, we'll have to, well, yeah, definitely do something else with everyone involved. That'd be awesome. But no, I mean, and thank you to you guys as well because, like I said. You know, it's it's finding in the sea of content out there for TTRPG, finding podcasts like you guys where you, you get something out of it um, that reaches beyond just that listening time, you know, and it has had an influence on me and in the way that I try and approach my um, improv, you know. So thank you for that and thank you for, Not at all. you know, having us on as well. No, no, we, 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 we've had an absolute, absolute blast. I mean, before we finish up, uh, I will have to let you guys go at some point because I know it's a Sunday afternoon and, you know, everyone's got roast dinners and all the other things. That oh, I wish. Cheesecake, <laughs> Cheesecake. Jesus. Uh, do you want to give any shout-outs? Who Have you got anyone you particularly want to, uh, within your podcast or outside of your podcast, do you want yeah, to? Yeah, I'll shout-out I'll shout the rest of the gang. Shout-out Immy, Sarah, Ruthie, Steve. Um, you know, we can't have you all on with us in one go. It would, sw- it would just swamp you guys. You'd never get a word in edgeways. Uh, <laughs> But no, they it's it's and and actually something I wanted to say earlier is Mike said that, you know, a story I wrote, whereas actually that's couldn't be further from the truth because these guys are writing the story as they play it, you know. I'm just there with all my notes trying to figure out where they're gonna go next. But uh, they're the ones making the story. Look at him try to be all humble. No Will Mike, you got anyone you wanna shout out? Uh, yeah, no, Will, 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 by the way, we, we haven't had a posh off. Somebody said, uh, oh, we've got- <laughs> before, before we let you go, my, my was like, I don't know who's posher, you or Will. So I was like, we'll have to, we'll have to find out. Like, cause I think we come from the same end of the world anyway. I grew up not a million miles away from where you guys are. Um, oh, right. yeah, cool. I don't know what, what is, uh, what's the kind of, what's the bar for posh? Is it like, you know, how big your parents' orchard is? Or- <laughs> 
suppose, yeah, how, how many houses uh, do your parents have? That's, that's, oh, a, man, that's, that's crass. Like, did, how many peacocks <laughs> used to roam? <laughs> how big is your giant sundial in your garden? Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that, that, was, that was the old garden. The old garden. I'll never forget a holiday that the three of us went on with Will's parents actually Ooh. and I believe we were at the beach and uh, Will's mum wanted us to uh, you know move on like go wherever we were going to go and she just went tally ho guys and uh, <laughs> never forget that I think we were about 14.50 at the time <laughs> Uh, <laughs> someone, someone yelling "tally ho" at yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. you're up on a council estate, though, so like you, you, you pick it up. It's not, it's not, you're not just born in washness. I mean, we did tally ho. To be fair, yeah, <laughs> I, I still like. Like, I, um, if I turn up to a meeting at work or something, I, I have a bad habit of starting it by going "huzzah." Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't always a pl- you know a good idea if it's bad news, like redundancies huzzah yeah <laughs> sometimes if like a thursday night recording of the podcast has been like a very special episode and i'm i've when i wake up on friday morning and i've still got that like residual almost like adrenaline from from the session i do come into like work on friday morning like woo, let's go oh wait no i'm not this isn't dnd why am i no, that computer? <laughs> you tricked me I, I have all the ends of my fingers. This is wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, a known copywriter with no fingers. Now there's a. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a tough job, but you know you got to punch away at those keys somehow. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Yeah. Right, Charlie, Will, Mike, where can people find role models? If our listeners want to uh, check it out, where can they find your wonderful content? Okay, well, I'll do uh, Twitter since uh, I'm chief of Twitter. Uh, so you can find us at Role Models D&D on Twitter. Uh, Charlie, I'll let you do the uh, Instagram. Instagram is uh, Role Models D&D as well, spelled D-N-D-N. Oh, sorry, fuck me, I can't even spell today. Uh, D-N-D, so it is at Role Models D-N-D with many underscores in there. And YouTube, YouTube is pretty simple as well, Role Models D&D. And that's R-O-L-L. It's R-O-L-L. Models. It's actually spelled as silent said. So, uh, <laughs> I see. Good luck. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, because I made the mistake. I was like, oh, no, no, no. And then I went back and I was like, where the bloody hell are they gone? And then I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, no, I've spelled it R O L E. It's R O L L models, role models. The uh, the Discord were on AJ, and I was actually going to do a shout out for that for uh, for the Ampersand uh, Discord. Uh, so, yeah, great, great, great Discord. Um, yeah, Wait, so check it out, guys. Shout out there, bigger than Microsoft, no more than like. <laughs> But but uh, someone on there, I can't remember who it was, uh, was look, checking out our YouTube and it came up because they just put role models. It came up with some sort of American model YouTube show. Uh, so I did try to sort of blag that, oh, that's actually me. But no, it was quite quite evident that was indeed not uh, Eugene Ballantyne and friends. I'll leave you with a little story before we go off. Not a very exciting story and massively and climax now. If you if you follow us, Adventurers Anonymous, you'll notice that there's two or three others, Adventurers Anonymous, who have tried and and the sort of wizened husks of their podcast that have died go back through the annals of time, where people have attempted to create fantasy Dungeons and Dragons content under the name Adventurers Anonymous and have just quit. And we appear to be like the late, bit like Doctor Who. We are just the latest incarnation of the. And mm. at some point, I hope we die. And someone steps into our, you know, shoes and carries on, like, on this trajectory of failed attempts at Adventure as Anonymous. Maybe a German guy with a high-pitched voice just exactly. uh, Maybe, takes yeah, over. Yeah. You never know. Maybe. Uh, like an Outlander kind of thing. There can only be one. Highlander. Highlander. In history, there is always one person just getting really, really drunk and making stupid decisions in D&D. And that is oh, the yeah, spirit. Yeah. that's the spirit of Adventure as Anonymous. It absolutely is. Guys, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. We're hyped mm-hmm. to find out where uh, Role Model goes. Like, I've got, like, hopes and dreams. I sound really, like, weird and stalky now. But, like, you know, <laughs> you know I want to see where you guys go because it's really, really exciting. And I feel like, you know, we've been inspired by the kind of content that you create, and we hope that we, in some small way, have, have inspired you. But, like, yeah, we, we, we shall be watching from afar, from a bush with binoculars, to, to see... There you know, we go, being a stalker again. It's why I did my degree in. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> congrats, guys, for all of your kind of like amazing content. And um, hopefully, at some point, maybe we should do some sort of collaboration or something. I'm thinking. Uh, Mike mentioned about cocktails. Thought maybe we could have sort of a crossover um, Dungeons and Daiquiris kind of podcast. Oh. Uh, uh, Sounds like a plan. Cocktails. Yep. Heard it here first. Dungeons and Daiquiris. Anyone steals that, we're coming for you. That's our IP. Right, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. Hey there, pod, it is just me again. See, they weren't that scary, were they? Not sure what all the fuss was about. Quite nice people, really, when you get to know them. Now, I know you good folk have sworn loyalty to us here at Adventurers Anonymous, but should you wish to cheat on us and see other podcasts behind our back, then you can find those lovely people at Role Models on all the major podcast platforms. You can also find them on YouTube. Their Twitter handle is at RoleModelsDND, and you can find them on Instagram at Role underscore Models underscore DND. So... That's it from us. Thanks so much for swinging by again this week. We really appreciate you tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Assuming you've made it this far, why not hit that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? But yet, you can give us a five-star review on whatever the hell podcast platform you are on and help spread the word of our sordid shenanigans far and wide. You can also find us all across the socials. We're on Twitter at AdventurersANO number one. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at adventurers anonymous com. So, that just leaves time to say a huge goodbye from Chris, myself, and the cast of Role Models. Hopefully we'll see you back here next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. And remember, stay tipsy. <laughs> <laughs>